Good morning. We're glad to have you join us for this week's broadcast. As always, we pray that today's message will be a blessing to you. We're continuing our look at the prophet Elijah this morning. In 1 Kings chapter 19, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and requested for himself that he might die, and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my fathers. What a turn we have if you've been following the last few weeks as we've seen Elijah come on the scene and pray that it would not rain. And the Bible tells us that it did not rain for the course of three years, three and a half years. And he come back and he prayed fire down from heaven after he spent time at the brook and at the widow's house and seen how God had provided for him come back and prayed fire down from heaven in the great contest with the prophets of Baal. And then after that, he slew the prophets of Baal and he went and he prayed for it to rain. And whenever he had prayed and they had looked seven times and the rain came, he ran back and the Bible tells us that he ran before Ahab and his chariot. He had certainly seen God's power, but he had experienced God's power. But here we see this prophet, whenever Jezebel threatens him, we see the prophet running. And today we're going to look at the running prophet. As he run, you've got to wonder what was going through his head, what made him decide this man that had been so bold and he had said, I have done all these things at thy word. In verse 36 is chapter 18. Now all of a sudden Jezebel threatens him and he runs from one wicked woman. He had slew the 450 prophets of Baal. He had seen mighty things. Surely Elijah should know that the God he serves could take care of Jezebel. Why would he run? Why would he not just stay where God had told him to be, where he is supposed to be? Why would he not hide out in God's presence and God's power, but yet he run? We've got to wonder why. Well, First off, I think he might have run because he was exhausted. We need to beware of human reaction after holy exertions. God had used him. He had done a lot, and surely he was tired. We've got to be careful after God uses us, after we come through vacation Bible school or a revival or a busy day of ministry and we're tired. It's easy whenever something comes, whenever something happens, whenever opposition hits, it's easy to decide, you know what, I'm done. I run. It's enough. It's enough. We've got to be careful whenever we need to dig our heels in deep, whenever we need to get in our prayer closet, whenever we need to get in the Word and determine that we're going to go on no matter what, it's easy to decide to just run. And this is what Elijah did. I believe if Jezebel had wanted to, she could have sent the messengers just to kill him, but instead she sent a warning. She had a plan. I believe she had a scheme, and that was to get him to run, to get him to be discredited. His ministry, I don't believe it. She wanted to make him a martyr by just killing him right away, and I believe he fell right into 
her hand. He had always done what God had told him to do, but this time God didn't tell him to run, but he he took off. He was exhausted. Perhaps he was excluded. He was lonely. See, he didn't know. We find out in verse 18 that there were 7,000 in Israel that had not bowed, need to bow, but so far he had been doing all this alone. He had been by himself at the brook. He had been by himself at the widow's house. He had been by himself when he challenged the prophets of Baal to a great contest. He had a, one servant with him when he went to pray on the mountain, but he was mostly by himself and it's easy to feel alone it's easy to feel like you're the only church that's still serving god you're the only one that's still witnessing you're the only one that's still trying to lead others to christ but let's rest assured we're not alone god has a remnant there's still people that are serving him and if it ever comes to a place where we are alone let's remember what martin luther said he said one with god is a majority he was excluded, but he was also encumbered. The circumstances had caused him to look away from God. From some reason, now he sees Jezebel. Now he sees the threat. Before he's seen God, he's seen his power. He's seen what God could do. But for some reason now, he just sees Jezebel. He just sees her threats, and he decides to run. As C.H. Spurgeon said, Elijah retreated before a beaten enemy. Let's not forget that we have the victory through Christ. Christ has defeated Satan. And now's not the time to retreat. The battle's been won. Now's the time to advance forward, to keep going, to spread the gospel. Now, we would have been, we'd have been likely to have been pretty discouraged with Elijah, pretty upset. But I'm glad to see that God, he didn't get discouraged with him. We see the Next off, we see the rest in prophet. We've seen the running prophet, but in verse number five, we see the rest in prophet. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head, and he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drank and went in the strength of the meat forty days and forty nights unto Horab, the mount of God. Isn't it something that God provided for him even though he wasn't where he was supposed to be, he wasn't what he was supposed to do. He was going on a journey that he is not supposed to go on, yet God still provided for him. Those two meals was enough to sustain him for 40 days and 40 nights. Don't overlook the miracle in that. God was still taking care of him. And if you're out of God's will today, rest assured God is still taking care of you. He still woke you up this morning. He still gave you the energy and the strength to go work, the right mindset to go work, to take care of your family. God is still taking care of you just as he took care of Elijah, even though Elijah, I don't believe, was in his will. But God understood james five seventeen tells us elijah was subject to like passions as we are now if we'd have seen elijah not mess up if we'd have just seen what we've seen so far we might have looked at elijah as being a man someone that we could never reach we could never get to the place that he was but i'm glad the bible tells us in second timothy two fifteen, the bible is the word of truth Psalm 39 5 says, Every man at his best is altogether vanity. Psalm 103 14, He knoweth our frame, he remembereth we are dust. Hey, let's always remember the best of men are but men 
at their best. God knows. God knows. And we're all going to mess up. We shouldn't use this as an excuse to mess up, but we should know if we have messed up, if we have fallen out of God's will, we should know that God still loves us. We should remember that we can come back, that God is still use us. He is still protect us. I'm glad that God had compassion on Elijah, even though he was not where he is supposed to be. Let's look at verse number nine. We'll look at the repenting prophet now. And he come together unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord come to him. And he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? What doest thou here? God might be asking you today, What doest thou here? Why are you not where you're supposed to be? He asked him twice, What doest thou here? here why are you hiding in this cave why are you not back there why are you afraid to face this wicked woman but look at what elijah said he said i have been very jealous for the lord god of hosts for the children of israel have forsaken thy covenant thrown down thy altars and slain thy prophets with the sword and i even i only am left and they seek my life to take it away and you go on down and he asked him again and Elijah, he says pretty much the same thing. I, I have been. I, even I only. Elijah has a problem with his eyes. He started looking at himself. He started looking at what he can do instead of looking at what God can do. You may be discouraged today. You may be battling depression today. Well, I'm asking you why. What doest thou here? God's asking what doest thou here you may say well if i could see a great showing of his power if the preacher would preach a message just to me if the choir would sing the song if the singers would sing the song that i love so much this morning i would turn back if we seen a big showing well if you look at the passage you'll see that god showed his power to elijah he said go forth in verse number 11 and stand upon the mount before the lord and behold the lord passed by in a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces of rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in the mantle and went out and stood in the entering the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? We've got to quit waiting for the big events. We've got to quit waiting for the big showings, the big signs. We've got to start listening to that still small voice, that voice drawing you, drawing you to return, drawing you to return as the prophet returned, the returning prophet, verse number 19. So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with the twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelfth, and Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him, and he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me pray, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, then will I follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. Here Elijah, he was alone, but God had brought him back. He had returned to where God had told him to be. He got to anoint the next king over Israel. Verse number 16, And Jehu the son of Mitchell shall thou anoint to be king 
over Israel, and Elisha the son of Shaphat of Abilah, shall thou anoint to be prophet in thy room, and it shall come to pass that him that escaped the sword of Haziel shall Jehu slay, and him that escaped from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay, yet I have left me seven thousand years, while all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. I'm glad that he was not through with Elijah. He still had a purpose. He still had a work for Elijah. I can't help but wonder what would have happened if Elijah had stayed where he was supposed to be to start with. But I'm glad that he didn't throw away the clay. I'm glad he was still, still willing, willing to use Elijah. And he brought him back and allowed him to anoint his successors. Elijah went on, Elisha went on and almost wiped out completely the prophets of Baal. God still used Elijah, even though he messed up, even though he ran. When we might have been through with him, he still used him. Perhaps God is telling you today, return to me from whom you have wandered. Return to my work, which ye have deserted. Return to your faith from which you have fallen. Return to the happy childlike holiness. Return, backslider, that I may heal your soul. What if we say to God today, behold, we come unto thee. For thou art the Lord our God. We come back to you. If you're in a place of sadness, a place of desertion, a place where you've run from God, you're out of God's will, you're not doing what he has called you to do, what he has told you to do. Oh, that you just run back, that you just run back to him. In John 15, 11, God says that he wants our joy to be full. But you've got to look at John 15. You've got to look on down. Before that, in John fifteen five, he says, I am the vine, ye are the branch. Abide in me. Oh, that we had abide in God this morning. Return, return back to him. Behold, we come unto thee, God, for thou art the Lord our God. God bless.